0: i enjoy um, I enjoy fishing i don 't do it much i, I, I don 't go fishing very often at all it 's probably really more correct to say that um, I enjoy sitting by the water <laughs> it's uh, you know the whole the whole process of fishing. Um, I really can only catch dumb fish, or maybe maybe it 's more correct to say I can really only catch cooperative fish. Because they really need, they really need to be able to hook themselves. Uh, I can't give them, I can't give them a whole lot of help, um, you know. So if they can hook themselves with no assistance from me, that's a good thing. It would also be quite helpful if they could land themselves, you know, give me a little bit of help getting them in. And what would really be a, a, a help to me is if they could, <laughs> you know, is if they could unhook and fillet themselves. Um, I haven't gotten quite that far with them yet, but uh, I have had them, you know, cooperate with me, and uh, every once in a while, I pull a, a fish in, you know. So if you invite me to go fishing, realize I am really only going for the social aspect. Uh, you know, I'm I'm only going there for the social aspect and to sit near the water. Uh, and I was thinking that's much like how I golf. I also uh, would only go golfing with you. Uh, You know, for the social aspect of it. And on the golf course, I also end up spending a lot of time near the water, too. It just just seems to come that way. Uh, I'm not quite sure why. Uh, But, uh, you know, I I would never be the guy to lead the the fishing, you know, the fishing thing. Uh, The fellow who does our um, flu shots, Phil Pellerin, some of you know Phil. Uh, Phil Pellerin loves fishing. And he really enjoys going fishing. So one of the things, uh, it was real busy, the, the flu shot. It was real busy until about 7.30. And then 7.30 came and we had a minute to sit down. And he's showing me pictures of uh, the fish that they they go fishing every year. And he takes his son, who is now grown and married, had kids, and um, go fishing. I think it was for co-host salmon. I don't know what kind of salmon it was. It Had a real big mouth, and it was in a river. So if you know more about that than I do, it's okay. You don't need to tell me what kind of salmon it really was because it's irrelevant. He is showing me this picture of of, of this really big fish, and his son reeling this thing in, you know. And he says well, we can fast forward through it. It's about twenty minutes. I don't well, know. Works for me, uh, you know. So we got to the end where the uh, you know they they catch this fish. In the net, and I thought I could do I could do something with a net. Uh, But anyway, um, you know, so I would not be the guy though to lead that fishing trip. You know, Phil could lead this fishing trip; I could not. He goes up to Alaska and goes fishing. And, uh, you know, the uh, the whole deal, I, I I go fishing wherever you tell me. I'll fish in the pond in my neighborhood, and I don't know that they even have fish in there. Uh, you know, but if you want to go, that's fine with me because, again, my whole deal is I'm just kind of looking to sit near the water. Um, whether I catch something or not is, is totally irrelevant to me. Uh, you know, I, I can't, about the only help I can give you for fishing, the only advice, the only instruction I can give you for fishing um and I, I hesitate to share this because then my family will probably never let my grandkids go fishing with me. um The hook goes in the water, how much I know, and if you bite the worms in half you 'll have twice as much bait This thing it's it's that 's That's true. All right, that's the the extent of my knowledge to be able to help you as, as far as fishing. In the passage we're going to look at today, Jesus goes fishing. He goes fishing with several of his disciples. Now, the thing with this is the disciples he goes with are several who were really expert fishermen. They were experienced fishermen. He is not going with the likes of me. He is going with the likes of Phil Pellerin or somebody else you know, who really knows a lot more about fishing. Now, as we look at this event, though, as we look at the event of Jesus here fishing with, you know, with his guys, uh, we're going to have the opportunity to learn how we can better engage people as we look at how Jesus engaged his disciples. Let's pray. Father, thank you for those who um, have different talents and gifts and abilities in mind. It, is just, it makes the world such a neater place when we can appreciate uh, what you have done and are doing in and through other people. Uh, Now today we're going to look at your word and we're going to see once again how you have interacted with a wide variety of people. This, some of the guys we look at and we consider and think of as experts, we think of as the real deal sometimes, the ones you chose. Yet we're reminded not only did one of them walk away, they all made some pretty goofy choices throughout their life. So Father, as we as we look and we think about this, don't let us be... um, Don't let us be overwhelmed or maybe even distracted by our thoughts about these guys, but the reality of you and how you interacted with them, real people walking this earth. And teach us how we might be able to better interact and talk with real people walking this earth who need to know you. So enlighten our minds And teach us from your word, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to be. Luke chapter 5, going to begin with verse 1. If you're using the Pew Bible, page 946 in the Pew Bible. This passage is familiar to some of you. Um, I have read it many times. I have preached on it several times. In fact, I'm pretty sure this is the very first passage I preached when I candidated in uh, on Father's Day of 1990, and anybody have their notes from that day? Just wondering. Some people don't clean out their Bibles very often, uh, you know. So anyway, every time I read this passage, though, you know, every time I go through it and read it, God shows me something new or reminds me of something that I needed to be reminded of. And it was no exception this time as I was looking at it. And, you know, God will God will do that same thing for you, even though it may be very familiar to you. You may have read it hundreds of times, you know, And um, but still, God can still teach you from it. And, uh, you know, so open your heart, open yourselves to God as we go through these verses. Verse 1, here we go. As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Gennesaret. He saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets he got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Uh, Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Uh, They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish they took. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. Now some of you are saying, he's going to tell us to leave everything. That's not my call, that's God's. Here, Jesus is, is teaching a group of people. Notice, he's teaching a group of people who were crowding him so much that it was actually hindering some from hearing they were coming in you know around him so much that they that 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 they were pressing in on him so much it was hindering others from hearing it was hindering the whole crowd from hearing i was thinking about this when we were you know yesterday uh, the whole family was together it was kind of a, a neat thing we don't uh, you know all of every single one of us aren't always there uh, but every single one of us were there yesterday mandy and michael and the kids came in and we were celebrating Molly's birthday and Ryan's birthday, and we got a bunch of birthdays in October and November. So anyway, we're together. The cacophony and noise was amazing. (laughs) I mean, it was amazingly noisy Um, because. And then what happens is because it was noisy, then the kids got louder because they needed to be heard over the noise of their cousins or whatever and everything. It's just as you know as and. So, I took them later in the in the day they all retreated to one bedroom, and uh, Jenny and I went in there and sat with them for a while and then um, I would say she you know left because it got too noisy, but she got left because she wanted to take care of other people too, so she went out to you know serve and clean up and do things like that and I stayed in there with the kids and it was so noisy one time Andy got up and he comes in there to see what in the world was going. <laughs> <laughs> I was going on it, and there I sit, you know, right, with, with all the kids and stuff. I, I, you know, but I, I, when I wanted to get their attention, it was very tough to get their attention because of the noise. Jesus is teaching. These guys are pushing in so much on him, and, and I could just picture them interacting with him. And, speaking. and it was hindering him being able to, to speak and to teach and others to hear, which is part of what he wanted to happen. And it says that he's there by Lake Gennesaret. Now in, in some of the other gospels it's referred to in, in some as the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias. It's all, all the same thing there. And he says, it says, tells us here that some fishermen had just finished a night of fishing. They were there, they were out of their boats. The boats, now these are, these are not row boats, they're bigger, they did row them, but they're not little, you know, row boats like we think of, they're probably about 20 feet long, maybe even longer, and they would be near the shore. Uh, still floating in the water, but near the shore and tied up somehow and the, the fishermen were out of them and their nets were out of them, it says, and they were washing their nets. Really what they're doing is to preparing everything to be ready for the next day. They're getting ready so that, you know, they could go fishing again. Now what they were doing here, just think about this, they were just doing regular stuff that needed to be done. This is what Ginny did when she left the room and I stayed in there to pretend like I was still watching the kids while she cleaned up. You know, part of full confession here. And so uh, they, the, uh, they are getting everything ready. they get getting the nets out and they're washing the nets. They're getting the other junk out of the nets, you know, that, that would be in there because they're, you know, more than just... The fish as they would, would be pulling things in and, and so they're, they're cleaning them up, they're getting things ready, you know, and they're getting it ready so that in the, it, you know, what I was going to say in the morning, really later in, in that night when they would go out again, everything would be ready and they could get up and they could just go out there and, and, and be ready, you know, and if they didn't clean them, you know, it would be, it would even damage the net. So what they're doing is they're getting ready for that, just that regular stuff. Now, these men had met Jesus before. This is not their first encounter with him. You know, they had met him before. They probably had had been with him on some ministry outings, yet they were not following him full time in the sense of being with him always. Always. You know, they were with him sometimes and then they went back and they were doing their fishing thing, you know, and they were doing life and then they'd be with Jesus for a while, then they'd get back and they'd be doing life and then they'd be with Jesus for a while and be back and doing life and you have this, this picture here. Well, as the crowd is pressing in, Jesus sees these men's fishing boat by the shore and it says he climbs into a boat and it says belonging to Simon. Now that's Peter, you know, and we sometimes refer to him as Simon Peter. So he gets into the boat belonging to Simon, asks the men, To position the boat out a little ways from the shore. Just to row out a little ways from the shore, because then everybody's not crowding around him, and he's back more. And he's able to teach a, a larger crowd, a larger group, because you know they they can't crowd into him. And so not only is his voice going to carry better, you know, but others are going to be able to be spread out and, and see him more. And so this is what's going on. He wants to more effectively teach that crowd, and they push out a little way. Now, it, you know, Jesus comes, think about this, while they're working on regular stuff. They were working on things that needed to be done when Jesus comes along. You know, Simon and the other disciples weren't sitting around wondering what to have for lunch. They were doing work, and work that needed to be done, needed to be taken care of. And while he comes, he comes to them while they are doing this this necessary work, and he presents them with an opportunity. He get, opens up an opportunity for him, an opportunity really to be with him again as he ministers, interrupting their regular stuff. Peter very wisely sets aside the necessity of things there to, you know, that necessity of get, getting things done. And he sets aside that necessity to do as Jesus asked. He didn't make excuses. He didn't do anything else. He just set aside the routine and a necessary routine. I mean, this was a necessary routine for their business there, you know, to be able to fish. He needed to get this stuff ready. It was something that was necessary and he sets that aside, that, that necessary routine in order to fill, fulfill this request by Jesus, an opportunity to be like, Je- to be with Jesus. And it just reminded me, you know, it's a reminder for us to watch for Jesus during our regular day. During our regular day. Doing the normal stuff. When you're going through, just watch for those opportunities that God is going to, He is going to give you in that regular day. While you're doing those necessary things and choose to set aside what you see as necessary and do, you know, respond, you know, respond to the opportunities that Jesus brings you. Don't be so caught up don't be so caught up you know in in what needs to be done that you won't respond to Jesus don't be so caught up in what you think needs to be done you know that, that you put him off until later you know later Jesus you know just just later if Simon would have said later you know that Jesus would have got somebody else's boat and taught him you know and, and that's just what would have happened here now, when Jesus finishes what he wants to teach the crowd, which says when he was done teaching, uh, you know, at, at that point, uh, he told the men to go out into deeper water and to drop their nets. These were probably the nets they had just finished cleaning and getting ready to go out the next day. Everything's ready for the next day. He says, let's go out and, you know, get those things dirty again. And he calls them to go out there. You know, now they they were looking forward to being done with work. You know what it's like at the end of the day, especially if you do physical work. You know, if you do hard physical work, at the end of the day, what's nice? Sitting down. Taking it easy. And they're at that point in their day, they're probably heading home to do other work or you know to to rest or to do other responsibilities they had. There is always you know, there's always something to do. There is always something that needs to be done. I mowed the lawn yesterday, but you know what? There's still other stuff to do. And that grass is gonna grow again. So, uh, there's, there's always, there is always stuff to do. We can always, we can fill up our time with all sorts of things. It's not a question of whether we're busy or not. You know, I guess it's, the question is really whether we're listening or not. So Jesus tells him, let's go out into deep water. Well, again, now here, here you have it. This is the wrong time of day to fish. They'd been out all night. They were professional fishermen. They'd been out all night, you know, and, and they were, they were there and they went out into the deep and the deep was the wrong place to fish. What Jesus is doing is asking Simon to do something that didn't make sense. Simon's experience as a fisherman told him that this was all wrong and this was a waste of time. This is not right, and it's just simply a waste. It didn't fit Simon's knowledge. It didn't fit his experience, and he was knowledgeable, and he was experienced as a fisherman, and this fit neither one of them. Now, when you have a choice, when you have a choice between following your knowledge and experience or following God, follow God. Choose to follow God choose to follow him over your experience over your over your knowledge over the thing, way you think things should go or the way you think things will go and instead choose to follow god to not follow god to not follow god you're really saying to god i know better about this than you Wait a minute, I never say that to God. No, we do. We say that to God when we ignore Him. Or, or, or we, we push through with, our, with our, own, our, our own stuff. We're telling Him that we know better than God. We know more about God than this. This group had already been out fishing all night. The proper time to catch the fish they needed to catch on that lake, they were out fishing at night. Ah, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm not a fisherman and I don't claim to be. I know fishermen go fishing early in the morning. But you know, I always remember in Chicago, they went smelt fishing. Smelt's a little fish, and I just thought it was a great name for it because it probably smelled. But uh, so they go smelt fishing. anybody ever go smelt fishing? Yeah. See, there you go. Thanks, Ned. He's done it. One of the things I noticed when they go smelt fishing, they went in the evening, and they use nets. It's uh, yeah. they go in the evening and they and they, and they use nets. Smelt, yeah, like I said, it's little tiny fish, but. Uh, the, To catch the fish that they needed to catch on that lake, that's when they needed to go here. They needed to go, you know, they, they, they needed to go at, at, at night and here, you know, they went out and they did that. Jesus wants them to go out into the wrong place at the wrong time and they were tired and they needed some rest. Their pre- previous efforts had produced absolutely no results at all. And the only reason Simon was going to do this, did you notice? Look at verse 5. The only reason he's going to do this was because Jesus asked him to. He said, Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night long, and we've caught nothing, nothing but at your word. I'll let down the nets. But at your word. Now, I don't know if Peter was, I mean, we can only guess, you know, was he trying to show Jesus that, I mean, Peter is not very hopeful about catching fish. He just is not hopeful at all here about catching fish. You know, he said, but we've worked hard all night long, caught nothing, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. When you have a choice between following your knowledge and experience, you know, or following God, choose to follow God. At your word, what is God's word calling you to do? But it doesn't seem to make sense. At your word, I'll do what you said. Obedience, his, here the obedience brought results. If these men would not have done what Jesus asked, if these men instead would have followed their own knowledge and their own experience, they would have missed the blessing that God had for them. They, Jesus presented them with an opportunity. Had they instead deferred to their knowledge and experience and uh, to their tiredness, they would have missed the blessing that God had for them. You know, when we don't follow God, you know, when we don't follow his leading, when we follow our own knowledge, when we follow our own experience, instead, we miss God's blessing. He opens up this opportunity for us, and when we don't follow through on the opportunity that he gives us, we miss his blessing. We miss what it is he has for us that he wants us to learn to know, to experience, and we miss out on those things. We miss out on the blessing of God. I don't want to miss out on the blessing of God. I know I have. I know I have sometimes. But that's not where I want to be. Now, the result here from following Jesus, even when it didn't seem to make sense to them, this made no sense to them to follow Jesus' leading here. But did you notice, as they follow that leading, the results were more than they would ever have gotten from their own efforts. It's more than they would ever have gotten from their own knowledge. It's more than they ever would have gotten from their own talents when they're following him. Now, they still had to apply themselves. You know, they still had to apply themselves. They still had to put in the work. Jesus didn't make the boat go out into deep water by itself. They, they had to row out there. Jesus didn't make the nets magically, he didn't, he didn't make the fish magically jump into the into the boat. They had to take those nets, and they had to take those big nets, and they had to, they had to throw them out there, and they had to let them drop down. And then they had to pull those things in. They had to do all of that work. They had to do all of the work that went into there. You know, they had to unload the fish. They had to sell the fish. Had they not followed what Jesus told them to do in the midst of a regular business as usual day, they would have missed the blessing that He had for them. God blesses us beyond our own abilities when we yield to him and put forth the effort. They couldn't just sit back. And God is not calling us just to coast. God is not calling us just to sit back and watch others. He wants us to follow him. He doesn't say, watch others follow me. He doesn't say, watch others serve. He calls us and wants us to join him in the work, each one of us. He wants us to put forth our effort as he directs, not as we always think is best, not as we always think is best, but as he directs, as he calls us to, at his word, he wants us to, to, to follow him, to use use your abilities, but rely on God. Use your abilities, but rely on God, on his direction, on, on his fulfillment, Verses eight to ten, it, it, here, it shows us the value of experience and talent. Now, in verse five, that we were looking at, you know, Simon begins to answer Jesus. Notice in verse five by relying on his own knowledge and experience as a fisherman. Lord, we've been out all night. We have been out all night and we've caught nothing. Jesus was a carpenter. Simon and the other guys were fishermen. They were the experienced fishermen. Simon and his partners. Jesus was a carpenter. And yet, Simon yields to Jesus, and then it was Simon's... Here's where the the experience and training came in. It was Simon's experience and training that let him know God was at work. Because his experience and his training told him, this is not us. This is not... God gave them the opportunity. Jesus gives them the opportunity. They go and they have to put forth their work and they have to put forth their, their efforts. And, you know, and it's going against their knowledge, but they're still putting forth their work. They're putting forth their efforts. And they are seeing a result that would never have come from their own efforts, that would never have come from their own knowledge and training. And that knowledge and training then showed Simon, you are God. You are God, you know, it is from him and, and all of his efforts. And it says he fell at his knees and said, leave me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. What he was doing there was acknowledging God's work. What he was doing there was humbling himself before God as he saw God. Humility, you know, it it isn't putting yourself down. Humility is not putting yourself down, it is lifting God up. Humility is not taking credit that rightfully belongs to God. It belongs to Him. It is not ours. Whenever you see a miracle in Scripture, and whenever you see a miracle now, God is doing it to reveal His deity. God is doing miracles so we can see who He is. So we can know Him better. And when we see Jesus more clearly, when we see Him clearly, our sinfulness becomes more apparent to us. When we see Jesus for who He is, when we see, you know, Jesus for who He is, God, then we see ourselves for who we are. Sinners in need of forgiveness. When we begin to see him as God, we see ourselves as those sinners in need of his grace. Jesus comes and he challenges Simon's priorities. If Simon wants to be a disciple, um, a learner, a disciple is simply a learner. He wants to be a disciple. You know, we, we won't be disciples until we, we realize we have a lot to learn. Until we quit thinking you know, that we have the answers and we realize that we have a lot to learn. And when these men, it says then when they, you know, realized that Jesus indeed was a Messiah, that Jesus was God Himself, it says then they left everything and they followed Him. And He said, yeah, I knew you were getting to this part, preacher. Well, here's the deal. Everybody is not called into vocational ministry. But everyone is called into ministry. God doesn't call everyone to leave their jobs. And to, you know, and and to go into ministry, but he does call everyone to ministry. He has given each of us that call. There, There is not a single one of us here who know Jesus Christ, who have come into a relationship with him, who have not been called to ministry. Pete and I were talking earlier this week. We were talking on Thursday, and he was talking about um, he met some other kids in his class who are Christians in a couple of his classes. And he said to me, he said it's good to know. You know, he said it's good to know that there's others there. You know, and others. Others that I can talk, that I can talk to and stuff. He said, he said, you know, up, up till that, he's, he's, you know, been there three years now. And he said, you know, up, up, up till then, he didn't know there were other Christians there. I said, isn't it amazing? God entrusted these 600 other students to you. Sometimes we think, you know, we're the only one there and, and, uh, uh, we can get discouraged. See it as the opportunity. You know, see it as that opportunity that God opens up before you. you know, and we are all called to minister. You know, we're called to follow Jesus as our first priority. That's really what it is. That's what we're talking about here. Following Jesus as our first priority. Paul kept on working as a tent maker. He kept on t- working as a tent maker as he went out and he ministered. Yeah, but, but he put following God first. The important thing is the call to minister. The important thing is the call to follow Jesus taking priority in our lives not the second seat not the you know not not, not the back seat not not you know not the passenger seat he is the, the driver it takes priority we should be willing to follow the lord's leading wherever you know even if on the surface even if from our own experience even if from our own knowledge this seems foolish Even if from our own knowledge it seems like it is not going to have any results, even if it seems like it's going to be unfruitful, even if it seems like it's going to be difficult, we still need to follow him. Well, Jesus doesn't need people who will direct him. That's what Peter, Simon, almost began doing. He doesn't need people who will direct him. He needs people who will follow him. He needs people who will follow him. These men came to the place where they gave Jesus first place, and they followed God when he called him and as he called them. Now think about this. First, it was not very small things. What did he say? He said, you know, it was, stop washing your nets and just take me out a little bit from the shore. Just stop washing those nets for a minute and just take me out a little bit from the shore. And then the next thing he said was, you know, well, take me out in the deep water. You know, let's go just a little, let's go just a little bit further here. And then he said to them, you know, set your knowledge aside, set your knowledge and your experience aside and simply do what I'm asking you to do and throw those nets over the side. And, and, and then experience the blessing that God had for them. He asked them to embrace the challenge, they embraced the challenge, they experienced the blessing in the way that God worked not according to their knowledge, not according to their experience. God worked the way that he has always worked in their situation, according to his plan. Jesus didn't ask these men to take a leap and skip any of these steps. All along the way, Jesus simply asked these men to take the next step. Just take, we all, we all have a next step. God is not asking us, he is not asking us to skip over anything, to jump over anything. He is simply asking us to take the next step. What is that next step with God? Set your fear, set your knowledge, set your expectations aside and follow God. Take that next step. For too many people, the real disaster is that they give up too soon or that they won't even start in following God. They don't take that next step with God. History was made last Sunday. I don't know if you realized it. History was made. Adam Vinatieri kicked a field goal that made him the man who has scored the most points in the NFL. No one... In the NFL, no one in the history of the NFL has scored more points than he has. Adam Vinatieri is not a quarterback. A quarterback gets six points, eight points if they go for the two-point conversion. You know, so those add up a, 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 little, a little quicker. Adam Vinatieri is a kicker. He gets one point for the, for the point after. He gets one point or he gets three points for a field goal. And, and, and that's what he gets so today he goes he goes into the game do they play today okay whenever he plays next he goes into the game with 2550 career nfl points it took him 22 years 345 games 1525 kicks to get that many points he had 537 completed field goals. He's had 829 extra point kicks, which is one point. 800, almost, almost twice as many times he had to kick that ball for one point than he did for three. He's had 1,402 successful kicks, 123 unsuccessful kicks. What that is, is 1,525 small steps to make it. Take your next step with God. Take your next step with him. To better engage people, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to engage people as God w- wants us to, as God calls us to, we're going to have to change the way we view ourselves. The way we view our talents, our abilities, our knowledge. Take the next step God is calling you to. Use your knowledge, use your abilities, use your talents, but rely on God. Take that very next step. Change the way you view yourself so that you can take that next step with God. Give God that priority in your living. It takes intentionality. It takes humility. It takes a commitment to follow God. He is the leader. We are the followers. He leads. We follow. Take your next step in following God. In the bottom of your outline, on the bottom of your outline, I put some application questions. For some of you, this is the very first time you've realized that. But you would put some application questions down there. One of the questions is, what's your next step with God? Write it down. Just take a pen out right now. Write down your next step with God. Write it down in your outline. And then engage people. Engage people and help them come to a closer walk. With Jesus. Help them to move closer to Jesus. Help them to follow God. And do it yourself.